Welcome to Nourishing Conversations with Nicole and Christine. We have created this podcast to introduce you to many of the people and products that are in the health and wellness genre in, here in the French Riviera. And today we are welcoming Barbara Bazoget. She is originally born in Ghana, but she grew up in Virginia in the United States. And she moved to Nice in 2006. So she's been a local for quite a while now. She is a trauma-informed yoga instructor, um, does a lot of work with breath and the, the different things that breath work does with your body. And we're going to get into that in depth in this episode. And she has an incredible background in health food, she started uh, Bee Juice, which is fresh juice, is probably one of the first people to bring fresh pressed juice to the Côte d'Azur. And she is the co-founder of Badaboom Bistro in the Port District in Nice. Now, she is on to doing some really interesting things with yoga and also starting up a new English-only yoga teaching session in Nice. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. Oh. Christine. Tell us a little bit about your yoga background. I did a 200-hour um, teacher training in 2014, which was just a way for me to deepen my practice. I wasn't going into looking to teach when I did that training. I did it with a beloved yoga school, one of the biggest yoga, we call it a sanctuary in Virginia run by Mariam Obisi and uh, Jafar. When I did my training, I, I was trained by Mariam Obisi and Jafar um, Alexander. And um, it was one of our first actually 200 hour teacher trainings in Nice in 2014 okay. in collaboration with Art Yoga. When I did the 200 hour training, it was a huge revelation for me because I had been practicing for a couple of years. Found yoga because I was asthmatic. I had an asthma issue after I had given birth. So I went into yoga thinking, you know, this was going to be a way for me to manage the asthma and came out of it with much more than that. So that's interesting. The, I'd like to ask you about that later. Mm, yes, so would I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had the idea that, you know, yoga was a way to just get toned. And when I was, it was recommended for me to go in for the breath work, it was a completely different revelation that happened. So then I did a retreat with uh, Mariam Ovisi in Spain in 2013. And then her yoga retreat was all about the yoga sutras. Um, and it's where it kind of opened my mind to like, oh, okay, wow, this is much more than what I thought um, yoga was. Um, and so I was the one that initiated the yoga teacher training in Nice with my yoga teacher that opened Art Yoga. So together they came up with the yoga teacher training and they did a lot of um, workshops to just kind of open up the knowledge and the tools in basically finding balance in your life. For me personally, it became a way to also connect with my body and my digestive system. It's actually thanks to yoga found juicing before. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a, a whole journey with it. And for me, it was that connection with my body because I mean, up until then I was a runner actually, like I, I used to run when I couldn't run anymore because I had asthma. Mm -hmm. Then I went to yoga to, to learn how to manage my breath so that I can go back to running. That was my whole like idea. And then after each yoga session, I would go, I would just totally feel balanced and good. And I was just like, what is this? I mean, I, all I've done is just come here, done a couple of postures and breath. And I also noticed when I was having an asthma attack during yoga, by the end, I was calm. It had uh, alleviated suffocation. Mm -hmm. um, but then I'd go home and then I would, you know, try it again, but somehow it didn't work. It was, it was, it was mm -hmm. the strangest thing. I'll go back there. I did the breathing, I felt better, I went back home, it wasn't working. As my whole yoga journey continued through the teacher training, I also realized, you know, you go in thinking, okay, I'm just gonna just read a lot of uh, texts, I'm gonna, you know, learn how to, what the asanas mean and, you know, all that. But actually you go in and you're doing work on yourself. So it was a very intense um, training for all of us, it was an immersion every day using, the text using the asanas using um, reflections and 
through that, I, I did also come to a lot of conclusions about myself, which instigated to make some life changes. So I realized that actually the asthma, why was I having asthma actually in the first place, um, you know, was connected also to my own life. Yeah. Um, so whilst I have not done the work on that, on those, on the things that are causing me the asthma, the body is here to just talk to you. So the symptoms, whenever you have disease, there's an imbalance, it comes through the body. Yeah. Um, and that could be- Sorry, I was gonna say, yeah, cause and, breath is often um, the missing link to optimal health as well. And we've, we tend to breathe in a much more shallow fashion on, on a regular hourly basis during our lives rather than at a deeper level. And um, it has a massive effect on our physical and emotional health. So it's really great that you have actually gone through the whole process, felt it in your own body. And I just wanted to know, have you actually been able to return to running? Because I do know that um, breath work, as well as reducing blood pressure and you know all those things helping with anxiety, actually does improve athletic performance as, as well. So I wondered if you'd actually returned to running since or not. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I did. Because the funny thing is that actually what happened is that, you know, I took a big break from running um, whilst I was practicing yoga because it was providing me with the effects that I get when I run, which is just like, you know, when I run, I feel good in my yeah. body. I, it brings me into my body. Mm -hmm. um, yoga gave me that for a long time. So the moment when I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go back to running again and you know what I was so surprised because it had been years I was so surprised that I was able to pick up from where I had stopped yeah. because yeah. really I, even after years of not not running yes that's because yeah, your cells would be easy to be readily oxygenated with blood and get rid of the carbon dioxide and you're probably much more alkalized and a less acid environment yeah. within your body because you're able to get rid of the so-called rubbish um, on, on top of the of going as well towards the more juicing element, which is as well alkalizing your body. It's amazing what you've done. I think it's an inspiration to everyone that's going to listen to this to know that there is a balance between breath work and nutrition, and they go hand in hand and can actually help stop autoimmune diseases from progressing any further as well. Absolutely. I didn't know that. Yeah. They can. But a lot of autoimmunities are triggered by stress of some kind, whether it be um, a psychological stressor or a physical stressor, environmental trigger, as in, you know, some kind of environmental pollutant that is actually mm -hmm. impacting the membranes around the cells of the body. And once you start oxygenating and alkalizing your body and getting rid of sort of a stagnant state, you can help create better flow within the body. Yeah. And that's very important for people, especially like me, who have sedentary jobs of sitting and editing and writing. And I've, I've noticed a big difference in my own breathing um, just from my job sitting most of the day. So, mm -hmm. so yes, that's super important. Okay, so you returned to running and you found that you picked up right where you left off years earlier. Yes. Was that that must have been a, a huge shock because you know when you're a constant runner, you you know when you miss a few days and you can feel the difference. So that must have been a big surprise for you. Yeah, it was a huge surprise, and I also realized that actually during the running, because um, for me my asthma is triggered during the moments of uh, you know pollination, like when we spring and, and fall. I was diagnosed as allergic to every tree plant on the Côte d'Azur. So like, you know, I remember coming back to running and the asthma kicked in. What happened then was that I took, I realized that my exhales were short. So mm -hmm. what I ended up doing is I, I found this way of managing the breath where I was, instead of panicking, the moment when the asthma is coming, because with asthma, you either panic and then it gets worse or take in deep breaths, you exhale, you hold bandas, you hold your perineum, yeah. and then you, and after a while, it just, you know, it, it, your, your body relaxes, and then you can like, then come back to rhythmic breathing. 
So that was for but me. How long I, of a how long of a process is that to train your body to not go into panic mode and control the breathing? Because that that must be very difficult. I mean, if there are asthmatics out here listening to this, thinking, how is that even possible? <laughs> It's definitely a practice. I mean, you know, like I see that after when I started yoga, like I would just my whole, I did not know how to breathe at all. I mean, I just like, you know, breath was stuck here. I was always constantly like, you know, like, and, you know, when you learn how to breathe correctly, which is just doing a couple of, uh, you know, like pranayama, which you do uh, on a regular basis then you understand the mechanics of breathing because every day you show up as just when you tune in into your breath, you show, you can tell, how am I doing today? It's just, how am I breathing today? If your breath is here, then something is not right with you. Something is going on mentally or you're not completely, you know, so for me, it was just a way to check in, but it takes, it takes time, you know, definitely you can't say that, you know, I, I can't say that it just happened like overnight. It was just a, a practice um, over time that, you know, and then the relationship with your breath, because one of the things that I've realized is that the only thing we have really, the only companion you have is your breath. The moment you develop a relationship with her or, you know, him, you know, but I call mm-hmm. my breath her. Mm-hmm then it becomes very intimate relationship. You know, it's how you know yourself. How are you breathing today? You know, definitely. That should be a good question we ask each other. How are you breathing today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's actually true. But do you have um, uh, any tips for any of our listeners on how to get started? As in, if they wanted to just try to improve their breath work at home, and it, we're not talking about something that's time-consuming. What, what simple thing could they do on a daily basis? The easiest thing to do is just to place your hand on your heart, on your chest, and the other hand on your belly. And the moment you close your eyes, you totally disconnect, um, you know, and go back inside. And then the moment you just, just observe, you know, you close your eyes and just breathing normally, observing the breath actually by doing that you instantly calm Mm -hmm. your breath i think that anytime that you remove like the senses withdraw like the visual already you you connect to what's in here right and you can start like that and as you know you feel the breath in your hands you know you can then start the relationship but then it's all about like, you know, belly breathing. I think um, belly breathing is like the, um, the easiest way to access, um, you know, regulating your um, nervous system, which maybe in the beginning, you may be breathing, you know, just in the chest and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and people also say like, you know, we with yogic breathing, it's basically like, imagine that you have a mirror in front of you and then like you start like breathing through your nose and then taking a big sigh. Okay. And then as you just breathe through your mouth, maybe one day you try just breathing the same way but closing your mouth. And so we wanna get you so to start breathing through your nose. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Nasal breathing is so important. There are so many people that are breathing far too much through their mouths. Um, and that can, that's what leads to, to health issues. Um, mm. I was going to ask you though, um, Barbara, is there anything, because we are reading a lot about breath work and seeing a lot about breath work popping up and it's always, you know, four seconds in, hold your breath for another few seconds and then breathe out. Is there any, a particular rule in your world around this mm. or not? It should be simple. I mean, I think that really like, um, you know, I mean, there are different schools also of yoga that say that, you know, actually at the end of the day, you shouldn't even try to master or manipulate your breath, you know, but it just always comes down to awareness because breath happens it's automatic we, we can't stop breathing even if we want to stop breathing but mm-hmm. we breathe that's just it right yeah so we have the two ways we have 
breath is voluntary and involuntary. So um, the moment that we, if we voluntarily take um, you know, control of our breath, we become more conscious. We become conscious of where we are at the present moment. And then that in itself is just that, um, you know, bringing you back to your body where you are. And that all immediately regulates your nervous system. Yeah, so, so I think for that, our listeners, they need to know that that um, state of the stressful breath is in, you're triggering what's called the sympathetic nervous system. And what you're talking about is taking people out of that state and into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the one that is the more relaxing, calming, anti-anxiety, health beneficial <laughs> kind. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> there, is, there is one thing I wanted to add, just I, I was thinking about it initially, and it's for people who maybe have lost their way a little bit because I, I certainly have myself. I, I grew up in a, in a very unusual kind of childhood. My parents were into all sorts of things and, and they were yogis. And I grew up going to an Indian ashram in Berkeley and, and you know, sat for Shaktipad and, and did yoga at a very young age and did breath work and meditation you know, at seven. And, wow. and, I, and I naturally was a belly breather for most of my childhood and I think that as you know you become an adult you're in you know you, you start going to classes every day and you're and you're busy and you're doing work and this and that I, I definitely got away from that even if I would take yoga when I lived in LA I had my yoga studio down the street I am not a morning person I <laughs> cannot it is a struggle for me to wake up in time for going to work but when I found a class that really resonated for me. I was there at 6 a.m. twice a week yes. because, because I felt so amazing afterwards. And, it, and it, nobody that knew me could believe that I was going to a 6 a.m. yoga class, but it helped me so much that I would do that. And, and even after that, you know, I moved to Europe, I moved to Italy in 2009. There's no yoga anywhere. And, and I would maybe look at classes they didn't really have much yoga classes online at the time. And, and so I kind of, I really lost that. Then I started getting into writing. I got into journalism. I did my master's in journalism, began to just sit in a chair most of the day. And once I took the job as being an editor of a magazine, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the chair. If I'm not out and about at events, I'm in the chair from 9 a.m. until 7 p.m., you know, and, it, and, and I really started noticing I was doing shallow breathing. I couldn't even take deep breaths anymore. It was a struggle for me to take a full deep breath. I would have to consciously do it and, and, and get it. And I realized that it was really difficult for me to even do the belly breathing. So I'm finding myself struggling with all sorts of other related problems to, I guess, Christine, to oxygenation levels and, yeah. and stagnation acidosis and stagnation. Yes. And, yes. and so it's all of this like kind of cycling thing. And I, and I had an event, I had a speedo event at a pool and, you know, I start to do a lap uh, on the Olympic size pool. I couldn't even get across because my body was just gasping for air. And the guy basically told me, he's like, you can't do swimming. You need to work on your breath. And I was like, oh, really, <laughs> I really <laughs> lost my breathing. And so, you know, even if you know it and you have a background, you really can get lost. It's something you need to keep up. And, and yeah, yeah, I wanted to share yeah. that, that it's, it's important to go back to that. And I, and I do need to, to, to work on that, to get get my diaphragm more yeah. flexible and not be so tight. And I feel myself holding on in you know, that clenching of like, and then I have to stop and be like, okay, deep breath. And it's just, it's, it's this automatic thing that just happens to me without me even yeah. realizing it, it. In a nutshell, it's all about, you know, back to basics. Nothing has to be complicated. Yeah, yeah. And it, it Food is, doesn't need a very to be complicated. Thing. Yeah. 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 Breathing, movement, everything has to be simple. And if we just go back to the basics, It'll be fine. Yes. And to also like allocate some time, even if it's just to like, you know, go for a walk, 
Yeah. You know, during yeah. the day, just get out, go for a walk. And like the moment you do that, like you breathe, like, you know, if it's for 30, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, because it will come, you know, yeah. you have the base there. You just need to yeah. reactivate it. And so that's an important tip for people who have desk jobs that are, you know, in work all day and they can get hectic and, you know, before you're doing 10 things and then it's lunchtime and you're late for lunch. And, and, and I know that, that process. And so it's so important just to stop and take a walk while you're at work. I mean, people who live in Sofia, it's, it's great. There's trails. You can just take a, take a walk through, through the woods. Or if you're by the sea, you know, take a walk on the promenade. Because it, it's important. You know, you get so busy that you just run and, and you need to stop. Yeah. yeah, and it also quickly brings in burnout, those kinds of habits. Yeah, and that, and that easily leads you to burnout, which I was, I was there. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's just, yeah, really, I mean, it's, a, it's definitely a practice. I mean, I, I've been there. That's also like what, one of the reasons I got into all of this, you know, and it's definitely like now I'm not going, definitely not going back. Because, you know, you, yeah. you realize that you can do it. You know, there is the moment when you say, I don't have time to like you know do that like take a break that's actually when you you do have to do it yeah (laughs) there's an interesting thing i read that i think is great and that we should all try to practice this is instead of saying i don't have time you say i'm not making it a priority Mm -hmm. then see (laughs) see how you feel when you say that yeah yeah (laughs) yeah because we will find we have time we do yeah well we do definitely the world in general, especially the youth right now, and there's just the cases of anxiety and depression are through the roof and COVID did not help that. So you had mentioned that the breath work is really helping people who are suffering from trauma or just general anxiety from, from everything we've been through in the last two and a half years. Is, is it as simple as just sitting down, calming yourself, doing the breathing? Is that just the best start that people can do? Yeah, really, it's as simple as that. Okay. Um, I think that if, if we all, because I think in our uh, you know, culture, we don't cultivate relationship with our breath. It's something that we're taught to do at a young age, because even with my daughter, my daughter is also an asthmatic. Um, and ever since she was little, I would put her on her, in her bed and I would just do her a shavasana, like, you know, just where she lays down. And I say, you know, relax your head, relax your shoulders, you know, just basically prompting different, um, you know, cues so that she can just kind of let go. Because sometimes we're subconsciously holding on, you know, mm-hmm. holding on breath here, or sometimes we're not even like, you know, whenever we're, we have a, a shock or, you know, sometimes we don't even, we don't breathe, yeah. we just sit here. So the moment you release- I find myself doing that often i'll well, be so yeah. concentrated on something and i realize i haven't taken a breath in a while yeah yeah and it's really as simple as that and if it's something that we were taught to do at a younger age then it becomes an automatic practice and then we don't go mm-hmm. into the anxiety the panic attacks we can stop things right there uh, because the more we're our, our body is in stress mode, the more also we have disease. When the body is in stress mode for a long time, then you're, you're eventually are also causing the body to produce some hormones that are not necessarily good for you. Yeah. Cortisol, you know, and then Cortisol, it becomes yeah. a whole like, you know, vicious cycle. And then mm-hmm. you're constantly in that cycle. But if you are able to control the breath moment that you feel the panic attack coming on the anxiety coming along tool you know for uh, for trauma-informed practices and that we give our students we always say the first thing you feel trauma coming up just touch your body like hold on to some part of your body you know ground your feet you know and then like connect to your breath and when you say ground your feet does that just mean put them on the ground flat yeah, or just come down to where are my feet? Just ask yourself, where is my feet? The moment you place your feet then on the ground and consciously, you know, you can lift your toes and then like release them one by one onto the ground. And that moment when you're in that in your body, 
you're out of that mind your head yeah. and when you're out of and your it's head, so simple it sounds it's it's it sounds so silly almost because it's so simple but yeah. it really is drawing your attention down out of but, your head yeah that yeah. connection down as well it actually creates a whole lot of energy throughout the the whole body so i actually mm -hmm. find because i've done a little bit of breath work in just one session i felt a huge difference whereas i've tried to meditate before and not really got into it but mm -hmm. breath work works for me and i've also noticed again being a very very keen runner do lots of running that if i go out running and my head is too full so i'm in my more sympathetic state so i'm a little bit more stressed up my run is not as good as if I just go out and I'm in a relaxed state because obviously my, it's upset my breathing. Yes, so my breathing you know, is going to be shorter and I just can't get the oxygen in. Absolutely. And you know, that's one thing I've noticed also like when I am in, in that zone of running when, you know, it's also like I used to run with very music that just completely like will jack up my heart rate, you know, mm -hmm. and then I get, you know, like where, you know, what I, I do now is actually put on classical music. And because yeah, music makes it's calming. Yeah. Oh, it's yes. so calming. And that's what I and like. Then, and then you both, you both find that you run longer or just easier or how, what, how it does it actually affect your. For me, it's thing? easier. I find that I've had a much um, nicer run. I mm. probably, I never, I don't run against a clock, but I always find that my pace is better, but it's because I'm, I'm getting the oxygen in, so I can go faster if I want to, so I can yeah. pick up the speed. And, you know, we live in a hilly area, so I do like the hills, but I can run fast up a hill if I am in a relaxed state and can breathe well, instead of just thinking, oh, I'm not gonna, if I, my head is turning over, I tend to slow down, I may even walk up that hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and, and also being okay to say okay i'm walking today you know yeah yeah, yeah. but it's all down yeah. to breath work um Absolutely. and um there was um have you heard of Pauli? is it um he was um the world's foremost renowned pioneer in the field of breath work and this is he said something along the lines of breathing is the link between the body and mind between spirit and the matter that's around us and between the conscious and the subconscious mind. So breath is, um, has the ability to be a force and a bridge and as a tool, and it connects us all to each other as well and to our own nature source. So it's, it's so important. And I think a lot of yeah. us have lost the ability just to stop, breathe deeply, as you said, ground ourselves. <laughs> Um, because we're always on the go. Everything has to be so fast these days rather than slowing things down. And just constant distractions too, because even, even if we're having a day off or we're at home or it's after work, you know, you have most people anyway, usually have the TV on or the phone in their hand and they're on social media. And it's just, it's, it's designed that way to suck you in. But <laughs> then it's still keeping you from checking in with your body, checking in with yourself. And I think that's a, a big reason why there's so much anxiety right now, because we're just not, yeah. Yeah. not checking awesome. in with our bodies as much. Yeah. And you could say getting back to, you know, this massive growth of anxiety within the younger community, they're also the ones that have had exposure to um, Instagram and all the other things that we didn't TikTok, have when we were growing right. up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All the things that we didn't have. So all those stimulants and that can also and it again, is a stimulant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And take them away from themselves, that connection with themselves. So um that could be another element that has played a massive part that they need to actually get rid of these other distractions and just learn how to ground themselves. That you should probably be taught in schools from a young age. I mean, I think oh, yeah. there are, I think there are some schools doing some yoga and they've seen the improvements of the yoga on relaxing those kids, but just breath work. So when they're feeling things hard that they can just take 30 seconds, a minute out to ground themselves. Let's get back to the yoga thing. And you had mentioned in the very beginning that you started yoga just to get toned. Most of the yoga things, at least here, you'll, you'll find them in the gyms or in exercise clubs. And so there's a, there's a big conception 
that yoga is an exercise and it's a way to get your body, you know, ship shape and that nice lean toned look, which it does, it does do that. But can you explain really what yoga is? Because it's so much more than that. And yoga really is the connection of body movements with breath. I think that gets forgotten a lot so when you're like running to the gym and you have an hour yoga class and you're like running through the motions and you know maybe they'll put a little ab work in there <laughs> it's kind of missing the concept it's it's it's, a, it's an entirely different exercise at that point and it's not actual yoga so can you kind of give in a nutshell how yoga really is yeah so basically yeah it's it is a part of it because yoga actually has eight limbs um, you okay. know, and the, the part where you are on the mat doing the postures is one part, and the part where you're also breathing is one part, pranayama. Um, but also there is a whole, uh, you know, part which is also about, um, we call it the, the yamas and the niyamas, which is the ethics of yoga, like how you live, you know, the relationship you have with yourself and with others. Um, you know, and then we also have like, you know, dhyana, which is more about like, you know, um, uh, meditation, and then we also have dhyana, which is concentration, um, and then we have. Uh, so it's this much more vast. It's yeah, it's very vast for for your entire life, then. Yeah, and it's always something I want to say that yeah, it's you know the, the asana and the pranayama is one aspect is what we see the most actually, um, and yes, even when you're on the mat, the goal is actually to take that you know when you come to yoga practice, you bring an intention. And it's that moment when you bring an intention to the practice is where it becomes, it's not a sport. Because then, you know, whatever is happening on the mat, you know, it's an attitude. It's how you're cultivating, you know, am I cultivating um, gratitude today? Am I cultivating um, you know, nonviolence on the mat with myself? And so it's, it becomes a way of practicing on the mat, which, you know, certain postures will also like show you, you know, we all have challenging postures, you know, in yoga, like, and those are our biggest teachers. They said, you know, um, you know, when this, I'm in this posture, you know, what, how my mind totally like, you know, functions at that moment. Um, and, you know, what can I do to find ease in this moment? And it's the same thing as when you're also living off the mat. It's like, you know, life is going to throw you events and things. And how do you show up? what attitude you know so that's where the, the yoga becomes a little bit much more rich because it will make an impact in your life if you use if you practice it on the mat and off the mat i love so that, that that there's so many different elements to it because i mean that explained makes me want to look more into yoga because i've yes i've understood the breath work but i've understood it more as being something very physical that people go mm -hmm. out and do and i think a lot of the people i know who are very much into yoga do it purely for the physical side um they well, may I think be that's the general conception yeah ev not everywhere of course india knows a bit more mm. <laughs> originators of it but but in the western world anyway i think that's the general conception it's, it's an exercise form. yeah so it's it's like we've adopted some parts of it but not the entirety of it mm -hmm. yes and that's yes and which is also like i mean for sure we'll say you know it is uh a practice that's originated from india and it's got the indian philosophy and you know uh spirituality and of course the way it's going to translate in you know western um the western world is going to be different and it's okay you know we can take parts of it mm -hmm. um you know but then the issue then becomes when it's all misconstrued um and then also when people then you know, I mean, today there's so many types of yoga. That's like, you know, we've got goat yoga. We've got all these <laughs> like, you know, I mean, <laughs> at least it's like, yeah. you know, so that's where it just gets a little bit out of hand. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's exactly what you said, Christine. It's like you, it's really about, you know, um, bringing um you know un unifying the, the 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 mind and the body yeah. and yoga happens when that when you do that you know where using the breath so when i had those mysterious like when i'd go home after 
yoga session, I'm like, you know, what is this? Like, I just, all I did was just do that and I feel so good and I'm content. Meaning it's like anything could be going on in my life and crazy stuff and I would be anxious. But then for some reason, I found contentment with what I am, who I am, you know, where mm-hmm. before I would think, oh, I need to do this and change this. And, but yeah. and when you do yoga, it's like all is well. All so is do, do you find as well then that having a whole load of other stuff going on and then having gone to do the practice and then coming back that you have a different perspective on yes. the issue at hand and you're able to deal with it in a probably a much more well-considered way than had you not actually done your practice absolutely. yes absolutely it's yeah. great and I think there's so much sort of this busyness that we like to call stress for some people there is proper stress going on um some of us are just very busy and that's out of choice um but you know (laughs) there can also be overwhelm and that can also lead to to burnout so I'm just thinking again if people could just take a few minutes every single day that we can prevent that sort of overwhelm and leads leading to burnout which takes people out of their their lives for months on end Oh yeah. You know, those that suffer with adrenal burnout, it can, you know, they some can't get out of bed in the morning. And it can, you oh, know, yes. maybe breath work could have pulled them back and stopped them getting there in the first place. Are, are there are there any studies on how breath work can help adrenal fatigue? Yeah, there yeah, yeah, there is actually. There was a Harvard study on on I don't know if it was linked directly to adrenal fatigue, but it was linked to burnout. Okay. Um, I read it a while ago, but yeah, they did a study on that, on the effects of it, and um, it is scientifically proven. So even if so there are people who maybe have given yoga a try and it's just not really for them, they still can get these effects just by doing breathwork sessions. Absolutely. And, and the simple tools, you know, like, like, like I was saying, the simple tools of the moment you see yourself, like, you know, because we don't have a relationship at all with our breaths. I mean, yeah. The moment that you know you see yourself going out of hand, just it's just like everyone says, just breathe, you know, just yeah. touch your body, breathe. The other thing too is also very important. It's, it's like really interesting the response you can get because I trained as a Pilates instructor many years ago, and I remember the um, instructor. This is way back, late nineties, early two thousands, when teaching us saying we could get a reaction. We may find ourselves suddenly crying and we may find ourselves suddenly laughing. And it was all due to the way that we were breathing. <laughs> and it was it's true. Some people in the room, other instructors now were crying. I actually had a fit of the giggles, thankfully. <laughs> but it was amazing what was just coming out purely from, we were lying there concentrating on, you know, inhalation, widening out the diaphragm and then exhaling and, you know, pushing our air down and pulling up in the pelvic floor, but just that work because you're stimulating the solar plexus and all that emotion that's stored within the gut. I mean, we saw saw so much emotion in our muscles and psoas muscles. So that that brings us to the the trauma aspect Mm -hmm. of of yoga. So can you explain to us, Barbara, a little bit about how trauma can get stored in the body? Yes, we can definitely restore, like whenever, say, like something happens, like you have an accident or you have like, you know, uh, an emotional uh, reaction. Um, Usually trauma is caused by different things. You know, it could be an accident, it could be a natural disaster, war, you know, or just simply, um, you know, something, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, whatever, right? Um, Immediately. Or worldwide lockdown. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're all. All, I mean, we haven't talked about this, but yeah, collective trauma from just, you know, the lockdown, what's happened in the past two years, you know, that is all stored in our body, like, and it's, it's stored in our body, in our tissues, um, in our fascia, and, you know, and definitely it's because it's, it's how also the body protects itself from dealing with it at that moment, you know, so mm-hmm. you store it away and then like, you know, until something triggers it. You know, so that's, we all kind of function um, on triggers and triggers then can make us angry, can make us anxious, can make us emotional, make us sad, make us depressed, all these different things that 
you know, and sometimes we don't even know why, you know, something, you know, is making us react a certain way. Um, it's because we've stored it in, we have, we've totally, as a protection mode, you know, we haven't dealt with it. So then it's in there until something is triggered and triggered and triggered. Um, and until then we become conscious of, oh, okay, this is something that, you know, like I, I, I noticed that like when people have a, a friend, you know, who has had problem with like a sexual abuse, right? And so like whenever she's approached by a man, she starts sweating, she, you know, she- There's a physical response. It's, something, it's a phys, it, yeah, it, it, it provokes a physical reaction. And, um, and until, you know, you, you deal with it, um, then it's always constantly going to happen. And then also sometimes it's physically in your body, of yeah. course. So like yeah. when you do yoga and sometimes you know, the moment, like I had someone, you know, the other day cry during a yoga practice. And then she, um, you know, because it's just, you know, in the Shavasana, when she let go, tears just started rolling. Um, and, but it's also through that that you release, you know, you, mm-hmm. you will constantly release until then finally maybe you're, able to want to talk about it deal with it and find a way to kind of move forward and there's different ways for people to mm-hmm. um you know transcend a trauma um I mean I personally have done some I've done some energy work where it's just also just about affirmation um you know where you you turn that experience you know you basically try to relive that experience and then change the outcome of it yeah. So you're reframing, you're reframing the whole episode, which is interesting because again, as we were saying about the, the belly, the 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 whole of the diaphragm area and the, the psoas, they're mm-hmm. very connected to this fight or flight stress response. Um and so and when so, you're doing the breathing, you're really moving your diaphragm and that kind of releases yeah, stored you, things. Exactly, it releases stored trauma and even traumas, wounds from the yeah. past so um you can bring, yeah you can bring back emotions and memories from the past so that's why it's really important to work with an experienced practitioner um because all that emotion can come back but you need that practitioner to maybe help guide a person into that reframing so it, mm-hmm. they don't get stuck again in that moment mm-hmm. yes Absolutely. So, and yeah. then you come away with lightness and clarity and can move on and hopefully. <laughs> but, um, but otherwise, you know, a person could still be stuck there. It might be out of their body, but they haven't processed it still in the right way. So I, I don't know, Barbara, if, that, if you've experienced that at all in working with people. Yes. Yeah. I, I have done some personal work on, on, on that um, where, you know, you basically like had to yeah. you know reframe you know or you know, with yourself yeah yeah <laughs> and then it doesn't necessarily like happen right away things you know because there's so many layers yeah when you have trauma there's yeah. so many different it's like an onion isn't it and you have to peel back yes, yes. layer by layer yeah <laughs> yeah totally and then and totally. once you get to the core it's the part that regrows yes exactly yeah and you have to do that yeah and it's almost kind of like you say in yoga as well, is that, you know, like, you know, the mental, like even like our mental, you know, thoughts become beliefs and then beliefs become like, you know, anchored in our ways and habits and that sort of thing. And so then, you know, when you become aware of your thoughts and what you're, th- how you're, how you're also like talking to yourself, because how many times do we also, how we talk to ourselves is, is can be kind of balanced too. Yes. So- you mentioned before, I made a note that you, you talked about, non-violence and then you added with myself yeah and and I think that there's so much attention put on being kind to others and especially now you know the the part of being woke and this and and not insulting or offending anyone but I don't think we've really talked about how much negative self-talk most of us have it's almost automatically ingrained and I mean, even if you're aware of it and you've worked on your own self-talk, you could still say, oh, I'm such an idiot. You know, things that we don't even think of, but you know, when you really start to look at internal self-talk, it can be quite brutal. Yeah. So that's something that people, you need to work with people on, I see. (laughs) I also find that if you, um, or if we (laughs) speak more kindly to ourselves, 
uh, nicer to ourselves, we then have the capacity to be nicer to others, but it has to start with us first. It's, it's very superficial to go out there and be kind to others. It always has to start from us. And then it's coming from a genuine place. It's coming from a place of more of love and kindness than it is from just words. <laughs> We've been yes. doctrined to say. <laughs> totally. Because it's even like, you know, when we say like, you know, when you've got these thoughts that come, it's not sometimes if you think about weeds, like you can look at your mind as like, you know, like weeds of yeah. different types. Some of them are good, some of them are bad, right? Like the, some of them also like totally like take over like all the good stuff, you know? But the thing is with any weed, if you just like cut them off and you don't take out the root, then, you know, you're, 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 uh, it's still gonna grow even more. Yeah. So it's better to say, you know, like, okay, I'm gonna cultivate more nice things, thoughts, which eventually will take over the less, you know, nice or more negative thoughts. So that's how you then change the field of your, your mind field. It's not about just trying to like be like, you know, because then that's the same root of yeah. being dominant. Okay, I'm not, you know, I'm gonna think more positive, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm going to beat myself over, over these thoughts or these things I've done or, you know, just gonna like, okay, let me bring in new seeds, new, you know, and for me, it's also- But, like, but to get to that, to get to that point, you need to experience it and hear what's going yes. on, right? And, and acknowledge that that's kind of it. record that's playing in the back, which might even be from someone else when you were growing up that- Absolutely, yes. Like, yeah. like a- It's on replay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So first step is acknowledging the problem. Yeah. <laughs> but I love I love that, that um what you sorry, I love that what you were saying about, you know, the 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 weed and pulling that out because it's exactly how I explain about the the gut microbiome and the beneficial and the not so beneficial bugs in the gut and that we have to try and fertilize the, those good gut bacteria so that they grow big and strong and outcrowd or get rid of those more pathogenic ones that aren't going to be beneficial to our health so I really love that connotation that you have there because it just pulled me straight back to my gut again <laughs> this is, I mean it's all with the gut that we're talking about it's isn't it with breathing right? and breathing and nutrition <laughs> showing it's one big circle <laughs> yeah no it is it totally is because it is our you know I mean this it's our second brain right our yeah. gut right yeah. but it's really I mean I think it's actually our first brain because yeah, you know, we've got most of the serotonin produced in the gut, which yeah. obviously yeah. is controlling our emotions. We've got 90% of it or more. Um, and then it has to get, obviously our brain does produce some as well. Um, and then traveling up by that LED cable, the vagus nerve. So, yeah. Yes. So yeah. Barbara, you mentioned um, that, it, I think you said this, that, uh, that your digestion improved as well after you started doing this. Can you? Yes. Elaborate on that. <laughs> because you're yeah, stressed. <laughs> yeah, 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 the stress does really. affect your intestines. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't you can't digest and assimilate food if you're eating in a stressful sort of zone. You can't. It's just yeah, you won't feed your body the right way. Everything stops when you're stressed out. Body closes down. It's not the time to sit and eat. It's when you go into that fight and flight response. Yeah, we don't digest, and you know it's all about it's it's because you know for me it's all it was always about like you know constipation, which is connected to breath because yeah. you're holding the breath. It's like uh, you're holding everything in, holding everything in. You know, yeah. it's like okay, release. You know, so it's so. It's and that's so really interesting you say that because I see a lot of women in clinic, and one of the big complaints is constipation. I'm thinking it's mostly women that tend. Well, I don't know if it's mostly women, but. There's a lot that are holding on to uh, a lot of emotion, um, maybe not necessarily in a place that they want to be and not sure what direction to go in. Um, and the biggest complaint I get is that they are constipated, you know, and I can tell them to eat their fiber and everything, but it's not going to change anything. Well, it might change a little bit, but it's not going to 
improve the long-term effect unless they're actually dealing with the root cause of the problem, which is again, that mind, what's going on in the head? Where's it all starting from? Yeah, and it's also like, yeah, yeah, what we eat too, you know, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's that too, what the things that you put in your body for whatever reason is, um, you know, maybe linked to the way you're thinking, um, you know, comfort foods or like sugar because, you know, you're- Emotionally. Oh, yeah. But did you, did you find that you were, had bigger cravings then when you were pre, so sort of pre your breath work and yoga experience? Did you have more cravings that you experienced on yourself? Yes, yeah, definitely. I was eating um, things that like me, you know, I'm a sweet, I've got a sweet tooth. So, you know, yeah. then I was craving lots of sugars. And of course I was eating lots of like things that I love cheese as well, which totally I'm not, I can't digest. Mm. Um, so yeah. And at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, what, once you let go of certain, um, you know, foods, uh, you know, you, you, you also realize that, um, I mean, I've had, it's, it, it's interesting for me though, because it, I've had like different periods in, in my life where, okay, it's okay to eat certain foods. And then like, you know, I, I, I go for a while, you know, I've been a vegetarian, vegan, you know, uh, now I'm, I'm flexitarian, you know, I'm like, you know, try it, but it all comes down to like you know what is it that your body needs at this moment because your body and, and I think it's really important for people because yeah so many times you'll you'll read something like oh this is so, super bad for you and so people think oh I got to cut it out or this is the right diet and and I think people get very fixated on things but it's everybody is different yeah you handle things differently you digest things differently I've tried several diets I've tried ve vegan vegetarian all sorts of things and and I feel how my body reacts and responds to things. And I think each person really does need to play around a little bit. Yeah. And be a bit more intuitive be, around their food as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so now you've, you've, you've done both of those and now you've come to more of a flexitarian thing. And, and are you feeling really good with your body now? With yes. Yeah. Doing really good. Yeah. Right, right now, I'm kind of, I'm in a place where I'm also like, even in terms of juicing, you know, been studying Ayurveda, which is also like the sister of yoga, you know, in the sense that, you know, it's, it's more of the lifestyle part and the foods and, you know, but it's all more, it's not like a spiritual thing. Um, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's a very ancient Indian practice of health and body and diet and all of those things. Yeah, exactly. And it, basically follows nature you know it, it comes from the premise that we are nature and that you know if you see what we are as we are nature with different elements in us and so you know we're all we're always just trying to find balance and you know it's all also about like you know what are we as humans you know what are we here to do like I mean, we have to also accept the fact that because for example like you know most ayurvedic Ayurvedic uh, specialists are not um, promoting or encouraging juicing, you know, so I went through my own, um, you know, like journey with that, you know, when I was told, you know, like, ah, oh, you know, you need to really like, you know, you should stop drinking juices because you have too much uh, sugar in your gut, like, you know, for your, you know, in terms of like your microbiome yeah. right now, it's just it needs the fiber too. It needs it needs it loves eating on the, yes. the you know the prebiotics that are in a lot of vegetables. So juicing will remove a lot of the fiber, so it's got nothing to munch on. For the, exactly. Yeah. So we have to be aware of that as the whole system. Mm -hmm. I mean, juicing yeah. is a tool that can help. Yeah. You know, and see it as more as a therapeutic tool, yeah. but it's not something you should be we're humans we need to masticate we need to eat so juicing can help the moment when you're imbalanced in the sense that okay you know maybe my gut is like mm -hmm. you know i'm not able to 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 absorb certain nutrients because maybe i'm also sick or you know and it's a good way to fast yeah but then beyond that and you know, yeah, there's also for certain people should be able to do it and some people can't i'm not advised to do it so it's a very uh it should be based on a case by case and you know by person 
I'm glad you um, said that yeah. because there's so many people that are just jumping on the new trend, you know, juice fast, you must follow a seven day juice fast. And I've seen people sicker after going on that because the their underlying issues haven't been looked into before they've jumped mm. onto that. So yes. especially if someone has a lot of industrial toxins or heavy metals in their body, it can yeah. actually make them quite feel, sick. Yeah, you get a big Herxheimer reaction. So, <laughs> yeah. So you do have to be careful. You have to know what you have to know what's going on in your body kind of yeah. ahead of time. So tell us a little bit how you got started with the with the bee juice. Because that was yeah. that was a, a fun thing you started. Well, that's the thing, because I mean, also when I, my whole system was, I was constipated. I was like, you know, it's just, you know, so being connected to that aspect of my body where I was just like, you know, I need to, I would love to be able to like, you know, regulate that, you know? Um, and also like, of course I was addicted to cheeses and, you know, like sugar and all that. So I th that's one of the, that's one of the guilty <laughs> pleasures living in France, right? Was, of course, yeah. Unlimited, unlimited varieties of cheese. <laughs> croissants and breads and all that you know right I mean it's like then yeah so I mean you know the juicing was like I basically like you know I I was inspired by a woman who was uh um, her name is Chris Carr she was a um cancer patient yeah, like, yeah. you know and I loved her, her attitude so I was like okay you know what I'll try it for like a couple of days and when I did it it was amazing because it, for me it was like wow you know it first of all like I felt um you know more energy like i realized also the, the the benefits of fasting when your digestive system is sleeping and mm -hmm. you know from then on there was this sense of like okay maybe craving more foods that are alkaline as opposed to more acidic yeah so that was like for me like oh okay you know so it set me up for eating healthy for a while you know it was just a you know and now I, I did it religiously like cleansing for you know but after a couple of years, you know, like where I realized, and it also did a lot, I did like colon cleansing, I did lots of different things. It's like when you're kind of like out there, you know, but now I'm, I'm back to like this kind of place where I'm just kind of like, you know what, like, I know I'm connected more to my body. I know there are going to be times, there's sometimes when I actually do need to eat animal protein and, you know, um, and I, I do it. My, I mean, mindfully, you know, because it's not, because um, I, I think that really the, we're, we're humans in the sense that, you know, there is that we are meat, <laughs> we're also meat. So like yeah. meat also builds like, you know, uh, tissues and, you know, in a different way. Incredibly that, important you know, amino acids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that go out there and just be crazy, but choose mindfully, you know, whatever meat, animal protein you need to eat. Because I also also feel that in terms of uh, ethical, we're humans, we're also going to die, someone else is going to eat us, you know, it's just this whole process of like, you mm -hmm. know, to be transformed in different, you know. So and, and you say this after being co-founder of a completely okay. plant-based yes, vegan but, cafe. Yes, but you know what, the funny thing is, one of the things we always said is that our restaurant is not um, vegan we, because we don't do it from a vegan philosophy. We okay. do it on, a, uh, on the basis of, you know, you know what? You can also eat plant-based and have a, a, a complete meal. It's about eating seasonally healthy. You know, we also wanted to generate a bistro ambiance where it's not just, we don't want it to become a vegan ghetto. You know, we yeah. want everyone to like, if you're not someone that's healthy or like, you know, come on in. It, actually, eating plant based can be fun and delicious, and like to discover. Yeah. Um, and I have, I have to say, Bada Boom is such a fun. Like for me as a Californian, to to have walked in and it was just like instantly, I was transported to to home, where you know, there's just there was it was way before any of the vegan things, and it's just plant based, healthy food real whole foods because you don't have weird crazy mystery proteins um, but really amazing foods that are created using sweet potatoes and quinoas and different and just seeing like all those grains and beans and jars on the wall it was just that's I lovely. walked in and I, I was in love <laughs> that's, that's so refreshing to hear that it's so whole food based because a lot of people yes. are eating you know going gluten-free or or vegan but then mm -hmm not necessarily eating a healthy diet because they're still in, you know, consuming an incredible amount of processed stuff. It's not coming yeah. from the whole food 
basis. Yeah. It's still taking Absolutely. things out packets. Yeah, so yeah, I, I always loved, I loved Bada Boom for that. And, and it created a community too, it was a community cafe. I wish I lived closer, I would go all the time. I say, can't you expand and open another one sort of a little bit? <laughs> I know, yeah, but yeah, we hope so. When now that things are kind of getting back to normal, I mean, we hope that you know that can we can grow it and at least grow the, the idea, the concept. So, do you teach the breathwork somewhere where people can come to get sessions with you, or is it in with your yoga? Yeah, it's always connected with my yoga. Yeah, I mean, I, with okay. my yoga, like I definitely my I take the opportunity all the time to you know um, share. You know, I mean, just the knowledge, you know, I mean, why are we doing this, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it's the same thing, you know, people, I notice, like, I mean, because even if, you know, I always bring a beginner's mind to the, the class, because it's like, you know, the breathing, we all can't have enough, like, review of how to breathe properly, like, so, you know, um, and for us too, I mean, for, for, the whole studio as a whole, they are very much into um, bringing like ancestral, like the knowledge, you know, um, and it's all foundationless breathing. I mean, if you, we always say, even if you want to come to yoga and you want to lie down and just have to last night and breathe, it's also okay. Yeah, you, know? you don't have to get yourself twisted into the exact forms that the teacher's saying. You know, it's all about going at your own pace. So yeah. you are starting a new English only yoga yes uh, classes and this is where so this is at um, art yoga studio um, on uh, 11 rue de Pli, and nice. it's uh, in Nice and um, I teach a uh, uh, actually we have two English speaking classes that we've just added um, there's a Monday I mean and they're all early bird classes you know um, which is not Monday. typical to find here because often the yeah. first yoga class is maybe at 9 a.m which if you work it's impossible you to can't do it right so i mean and uh, as we said you know imagine if you had your day you start off your day breathing or checking in your whole day will be different yeah so i mean ideally yeah you know yoga should be practiced before you start your day but okay you know you, you don't all have the luxury but if you can at least give yourself that uh, you know, maybe once a week to be able to do that, and then you know, not also uh, thinking that you need to go all the time to studio to put in a practice. And you know, because with my classes, actually with all of our classes at yoga, we always give little sequences for people. You know, this you okay. know, we, we tell them you, even if it's five minutes in the morning where you just sit and have a little like sadhana, check in with yourself, and lose questions of like how am I breathing today just those you know things or even checking in we've got like a breath like you know the alternate um, nostril breathing um breath yeah which we didn't breathing. talk about the alternate nostril breathing which is really it's, important for your brain and it resets things. yes it brings your nervous system and it's also you can check in and say okay if your nose one nostril is has you have a harder time that that left side or that you know could be your parasympathetic you're in parasympathetic or sympathetic mode then you basically balance you know so those different things can be you know uh, uh tools that you know you can do as part of your yoga so um but so anyway like the yoga classes that we offer is um in english are Monday mornings with a colleague, uh, Michelle, uh, she does a yoga fit class, um, you know, at, from eight till nine. And then I do a Thursday morning class from eight till nine. And uh, that, you know, because those, those classes are a little bit more energetic um, because we have more energy. Get, get you moving, yeah. <laughs> we just woke up. So so, yeah. I, I do want to mention, so all of us, we all speak French, but I was, as I was saying to you the other day, it's, I've been to French yoga classes and I don't have a problem with understanding what she's saying, but there is just something when you're focusing in on yourself and then maybe there's a term or something that isn't as new to you, or you kind of have to switch your brain to the other language. It pulls you out of that a little bit. Yeah. So even if you speak French completely fluently, it can actually be 
easier and better to have a yoga class in your own language because you're able, you don't have to like open your eye and look at what she's doing and then it just <laughs> distracts you. So I, you know, it's, it's not just for, you know, people who don't speak French, but there is this, it's, it's, a, it's a more comforting and, and less distracting, I think, if it's in your own language. Yeah. I just wanted to say that it's not for people who haven't learned French yet, but no, there is actually, yeah. a, I've, I've noticed a difference and I, and I don't enjoy going to, to, to yoga in French, even though I enjoy yoga very much because it's just, it's just different and it distracts me and I don't get the same you don't get that mind body result. spirit connection Absolutely. Yeah, not yeah. The entire yeah. yeah you know even if we are doing a, a class in french and like you know we have an english speaking person and we have to alternate that's not the same thing because you cannot never you can never get the full experience so to be able to have full like english uh class is, is uh yeah. because of our talk on on breath work would you be considering doing just breath work sessions or yes doing, doing private private lessons of, of breath work Yes, I do it actually. I do like uh, do. Okay. mostly with the, yeah. I, I have a couple of like cancer patients that like I offer. I do it online with you know. Um, but the but I can definitely um, you know could be something that I offer for sure. Okay. Yeah. Right. How do people get in touch with you? So the best way is um, either by email or by by phone. Which um, at this moment where you know, um, I'm in transition with the juicing. Um, the best uh, way to get in touch with me is just by phone. I don't have, or okay. actually also have a social media. If people want to see a little bit more of what I do, I have a, uh, an Instagram account that's connected to my uh, Facebook account. Um, okay. That's like Barbara Yoga, but it's like with a, you know, maybe it's something. Well, we'll, we'll have, we'll have yeah. the links and all the information in, okay. the, in the information box. Well, great, well, thank you so much. Thank you, Barbara. Um, it's been it's been uh, really interesting and to to have a, a chat about this and and the different things that breath can do and how yoga isn't just about getting toned. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sat here with my feet firmly planted underneath my chair, <laughs> grounding myself. I'm not. I'm sitting in a yogi pose with my feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been really great chatting with you and um thank you guys very inspiring so we will have all the information to contact you people locally want to have some breathwork sessions or go to your english yoga thank you thank you thank you and thank you to listeners for listening to our nourishing conversations um please like and subscribe and check out our next episode next month